0: Welcome to the International Teacher Podcast with your host, Greg, the single guy, and Matt, the family guy. We're recording episodes from around the globe to tell you about the best-kept secret in education. That's right. It's teaching overseas. We're glad to have you.
1: All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, international teachers, not international teachers, maybe a few of you who just have issues sleeping at night or are just bored and looking for something to do. Welcome to the International Teacher Podcast. This is Expat Matt, the family guy. And with me is always Greg, the single guy. What's up, Greg?
0: Well, man, I didn't have any issues sleeping the other night, but last night I didn't get any sleep. So I'm sorry. If I fall asleep in the middle of this podcast, I have to apologize to listeners and you can just uh, entertain them for a little bit, okay?
1: I will do my best. I will definitely do my best. So, Greg, we've actually been getting a little bit of feedback from our limited fan base. Thank you for everybody who has been taking the time out of your busy schedules to give us a listen. We really appreciate it. Turns out uh, we've got people that have chimed in from several different countries, too. And we're trying to develop a international listening fan base besides just what's at home. Like, for example, obviously, have people from the U.S., Canada, the Middle East. But we're also hearing from China, Austria, Mexico, Canada. Have I left? Oh, uh, Singapore. But that's more of a nation state. Uh, Forgive me for my geography on that one. Have you heard from any more countries at all Greg?
0: Absolutely and I just want to do a couple shout outs if they're listening you know we've got a a bunch of people are chiming in and we're going to hopefully be on a few more podcasts humble he's, oh, humble. he's humble yeah I want to <laughs> I want to shout out to a guy named Jason Regan he's got a podcast called uh He's got, he's got a podcast called Design Podcast. Design Cast. I want, I'm want i going to read you for no, no. editing
1: later, right? I he's, that <laughs> he's going to be like, hey, Greg, thanks for the thanks kind Thanks a lot for the professional
0: workers. little plug there, Greg.
1: Thanks like, like for listening to oh my, my very God. humble podcast. Appreciate it. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I'll, I'll, so anyway. Yeah,
0: I want to plug here for uh, Jason Regan. I'm going to probably go on his show at some point. We're going to get him to come on to... Our podcast, his is called DesignCast. Check it out. He's uh, been really supportive, and he's quite humble about his. He's got probably like 60 podcasts, Matt. And you and I, this nice. is number five, right? Yeah. So that's so sort a, of fun. He's a veteran. He's a seasoned veteran. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing's opening up, though. I know Facebook and Twitter and everything that we're on now and Instagram and It's more than I ever wanted to do, but it's really opening up more listeners around the world, and we're going to get 209. I know it, Matt.
1: 209 countries. That'll be our goal.
0: We're going to beat that director group that has like
1: 138. (laughs) Let's have a cheese curd party if and when that ever happens. I'd like that. That'd be cool.
0: So what are we going to talk about today, Matt?
1: You know, it's the Middle East weekend for us, so rather than go with our typical format of having a subject, what if we just sat around and uh, shot some stories back and forth. Maybe some ignorant grin
0: moments. Well, you better explain the whole Middle East weekend thing to our listeners. They may not understand.
1: For example, in North America, a weekend is typically, you know, you get done with work on Friday. You find reasons to be in bed before nine o'clock on Friday and wake up with these grand plans on Saturday. And of course, you know, nothing happens then. And then there's Sunday. So the typical weekend is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Middle East... Our Friday, this is what blows my grandma's mind. She just can't get this one. And I say, Our Friday is Thursday, actually. And she's like, So when it's Friday, it's Thursday, or when it's Thursday, it's Friday. I'm like, Okay, grandma, metaphorically, Thursday is Friday, but they are still two separate days. So think of our Friday in the Middle East as your Saturday. And she's like, well, now when it's Saturday, is it Friday? I was just, okay, forget it. Our work week in the Middle East ends on Thursday. And then our weekend is comprised of Friday and Saturday. And then our first day of the work week again is Sunday.
0: If you told grandma, we go to work on Sunday for our first day and we get done on Thursday, do you think she'd get that?
1: Um, Yeah, that was probably an easier way. I could have just explained it to her, but...
0: Okay, well, I asked you to explain it. So
1: thank you for sharing about Grandma. We love grandmas. We can all do our part to keep the elderly confused. I think that's the best part. I'm kidding. So, Grandma, if you heard that, I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. You're going to get it, Matt.
0: There goes one of our listeners.
1: <laughs> Middle East Friday is the day of worship here. So that's when all sorts of different denominations tend to take care of their s- typical religious duties. I was going to say Sunday, but not everybody worships on Sunday. Anyway. Like I said, a gringo story. Here we go. Tell us a gringo story. What country did this happen in, man? Sorry, but a lot of my stories tend to be from the Middle East or from Venezuela because that's pretty much, you know, other than all the countries we've gone to, I haven't done a lot of dumb things internationally. This one stems from my first year teaching overseas. And I had this little third grade kid named Andres. And this was just before Christmas break. He walked up to me after school one day. We were walking down the hall and he said, Mr. Judd. And for Christmas, are you guys going to have a jackass? I was like, well, a jackass? What? He goes, yeah. I go, can you spell that? And he scratches his head and he's like, I don't know if I know how to spell that. I was like, a jackass. So, one thing you have to know about Venezuela is when you pronounce that double L, the "y" sound. In Venezuela, that comes out a j. I looked at him and I said, Andres, a jackass, you guys eat donkeys here? And he looks at me like donkeys what (laughs) mr no no we don't eat donkeys here i was like well andres you see where i come from we call them donkeys we don't call them jackass because jackass is kind of a rude word and he's like still scratching his head like mister what are you talking about a jackass no i and he goes okay maybe i didn't pronounce it right he goes i yakas i was like i yakas what are i yakas and I said my ignorant what's in my ignorant gringo Spanish. Ayak Ayacas. What's a And it, Basically ayacas ay, as they would say in Venezuela, is like a tamale type food that's prepared um in like a cornmeal. It's meat, olives. What else is in it, Greg? I can't remember. Meat, olives, things like that. The olives really got me. I, I never understood the olives, yeah. but you know, it's a Mediterranean yeah. yeah, maybe it's a nod to the Middle East or Remember, there's huge Lebanese and Syrian roots in Venezuela. So maybe that kind of their contribution too. it's uh, made in like it's Mali. It's rolled up in a banana leaf, tied closed, and then it's baked. And uh, it's amazing. It's really good. But it's pronounced uh, it's a Ayaka, H-A-C-K-A-L-L-A-S, Ayakas. Just like it sounds. But in Venezuela, Ayakas. Yeah, just like it sounds, a donkey. So anyway, but they're tremendously yummy. Um, but no, for a minute there, I had an eight year old kid thinking his family or in his culture ate donkeys and uh, ignorant gringo story. Number one has just been told. Hey, Greg. It.
0: I'm it. Well, I'm going to run it back to you, though, Matt, because this is a little plug here is not only did we have problem with their language, but sometimes they have a problem with our language. Right. So uh, if you were going to go to the beach for, you know, just an example, you know, how would that conversation go
1: with somebody there, Matt? Okay, now when we tell these stories, we are not making fun of people
0: at Not at, at, all. Not at because, all. It's remember, both ways. It's- I lived
1: in a country that spoke Spanish, and I knew colors, numbers, and swear words. So I'm the first one to point fingers when it comes to making fun of people. But if you go to the beach, you and I would go to the beach. But in Venezuela, you would go to the beach. And you would play at the beach, and you would go swimming at the beach, and you would drink beer at the beach, and maybe even watch the sunset at the beach. And even worse, the white yeah. bitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Playa
0: yeah. Blanca. Yes. Playa Blanca.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Playa Blanca, the, which, you know, white beach in English is, uh, yeah, white bitch. So, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, that reminded me of another story. I had a parent once accuse me for swearing in front of her daughter in third grade. I got a phone call from a mom one day and she was angry and she's like, How dare you you swear in front of my child? And I was like, Okay, I've let things slip once or twice, but not like out loud in an angry manner. I was like, Well, what did she say? Like, I don't understand she's like, I, I can't repeat it. My God, what did I say? Like, maybe I was sleep deprived that day. I don't know. Cause you know, we have kids. Sometimes stuff happens. She said, Well, it refers to having the kids take their papers out. It's like, take their papers out. She goes, Yeah, you you tell the kids to get out their shit get out their shit. I don't say that. No, no. I said, Oh, I started laughing. I said, no. I said, get out your math sheet. <laughs> <laughs> and, she was, and she's referring to, uh, and then I told her, no, miss it's not. No, I did not tell I did not use the S word. I said, sheet like a sheet of paper. Please get out your math. Sheet, and she you could hear her laughing in the background. She about dropped her phone. For as many slip-ups with language, you're right. It just it makes for some really entertaining times. That's for sure.
0: But we really appreciate language, and you and I both loved it down there, and and we've, we've done that in several countries. And earmuffs, kids, okay? For those of you kids listening to our program, I hope there's not too many, but earmuffs for a second here. You're a seventh grader. What's the other word, Matt? It starts with an F. They say it all the time. We don't say it. What word oh, yeah. was that? You have a T-shirt that says this word.
1: That's a yeah. There's an Under Armour T-shirt that has that. Can we even say Under Armour? I don't know if we can say Under Armour. Sorry, Under Armour. We're not Armour advertising. If you're listening, Under Armour. We're not advertising for Under Armour. Well, if you drove a Ford, and it was a a Ford car that made you concentrate a lot, you would drive a Ford Focus, right? That's, you would drive a Ford Focus. But in Venezuela, you would drive a Ford. Right. You get the general idea. You put now a you got U somebody in there. sitting at home. Taurus. You got Taurus, <laughs> Taurus on there? Yeah. Talking about. It. <laughs> they got the Lincoln cars. I'm going to explore. No, 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 no. What
0: are you talking about? That doesn't rhyme with focus. I don't get it. Yeah, you just put a U in there and it's going to have two U's basically and that's how they pronounce that word and that's why you wear that red t-shirt all the time, right?
1: Uh uh-huh i do that's what made me buy the t-shirt makes me laugh every time we got you one for christmas we just haven't given it to you yet. Uh, (laughs) sorry well thank you for sitting at our house
0: thank you for not giving me that okay that's fine we live in different cities you know
1: i think yeah i've only seen you 10 times so sorry about that give me a silly story greg i want to hear something
0: all right here's my story and this goes back i think it was 2001 i know it was 2001 My first school that I taught at was San Pedro Sula, Honduras, okay? It was an international school, and I had 32 kids sitting in there in fifth grade. I was a brand new teacher just out of school. I had just moved down there, and I was like, I am going to learn this language. And what a better idea than... You know, working on their English and working on my Spanish, then having an email sure. thing set up. But you know what, Matt? I was really worried about this. We didn't have student-friendly emails or anything. So what I did was I had them actually write on paper a note sure. to another student, and I forwarded all those notes to a friend in Wisconsin, and she was working on, on notes coming back to me in Spanish. So my kids were writing in English, and their her kids in Spanish class were responding in Spanish, and I was like, well, I can't just hand, I'm not just going to hand them out, I'm just going to read the highlights to my class, so here's my 32, you know, fifth graders sitting there, and they're just on the cusp of middle school, right, so you have one slip-up, and it's just over, so I'm sitting here reading, and the very first one, and I said in my really gringo Spanish, I'm like, okay, soy Andrea, tengo Diez tres años, años. I said años.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if you don't speak Spanish, well, the the idea here is that the word ano, a n o, is different, or a n o s is different than a n with that little squiggly above it. They call it an enye, and it's año, which is like birthday. I have so many years. Is the way they say they have they're this many years old. So if I said, you know, I'm nine years old, they'd say, tengo nueve años. And notice the fact that I say años with a little ñ in there. Años, yes. Back to my class, Matt. I'm standing in front of my class. I was not aware of this social and linguistic faux pas, but I had basically stood in front of 32 fifth graders and said, hi, my name is Andrea, and I have 13 tolls. And I...
1: I think maybe rectums or buttholes might be better. Or a-hole? Yeah, yeah, that'd be better. So
0: I was standing in front of 32 fifth graders, Matt. I didn't even know what was happening. I didn't know what I had said, but the kid in front of me, I'll call him Mario, just sat in the front beaming and started laughing, and I lost control of the class. You know what it's like when you lose the control of the class for five to ten minutes? No, uh, never. I never lose control of my kids. I certainly did. That was horrible, man. I mean, all I really wanted to do is bring English and Spanish together in my classroom. They all, We always spoke English no matter what, but their mother tongue is sure. Spanish, right? We teach in English, but their mother tongue. And I was reaching out. I wanted to learn Spanish. Ah, I have to tell you this story, too. And it's always swear words.
1: Well, those are the fun ones. Nobody cares about butter and lettuce and other languages. It's... It's the juicy details that really brings the I listeners I can't even together, remember
0: lettuce not? in Spanish. I met this Chuga. woman. I want to say she was 62 years old, and she was this wonderful lady. When we moved into our apartments, they owned the apartments. The gringos, yeah. the gringos all came in. There's like three apartments open, and then her daughter lived in the far apartment, the fourth one down, and we never saw her. But the parents came in and welcomed us and introduced us. And ended up taking him taking me for the weekend on a tour around Honduras in the car, shopping. I couldn't, sure. I mean, we shopped for three straight days. And I don't mean in a shopping mall, I mean on the streets, traveling sure. all over the place. It was amazing. Love this woman to death. Talking to this woman, I'm just in the middle of a conversation. And I won't kid you, Matt. When I moved to Honduras, I had about I had diarrhea for about three months, right? <laughs> I mean, I was in and out of like seeing clinics that one. Yeah, you weren't expecting it, but they have a few words for that. I didn't see that coming. It, it fits into my story because I was still having problems after two months and and she called it um, pringa pie, which is like crap on your foot, you know, <laughs> like sure. diarrhea, you know, going down your, this is a 62 year old woman and she's telling me that. Their phrase for it is basically, you know, let it drip down your leg on your foot. (laughs) And I'm like, that is the most disgusting, (laughs) most disgusting thing I've ever thought of, right? (laughs) And then we get to, I think it was Venezuela. I was sharing this with somebody because it's a different language in Venezuela. I get to Venezuela and here's this 60 plus woman. And she tells me her phrase for it was juve de culo. And that's basically like... The rain <laughs> there, I, I can't say it on the air, but I mean, those two words together, you know, the donkey you said before, right? What's our other word for donkey? And then put rain after that. And that's their version of saying, I have diarrhea. <laughs> the visions come through and I just, it's terrible, but it's one of those language opportunities to really get to know the language. Can you title the podcast butthole, Rain? <laughs> I
1: don't
0: know.
1: We can't. I <laughs> think we might have found our title right there. <laughs> you know, if people, if people haven't figured out we're not refined individuals yet. I'm well, crying just, right uh, now. Uh, we just played our last card right now.
0: Well, we teach elementary and middle school, so we can't really be held you know responsible. I guess we can be held responsible for this, but... I I love language so much when you travel overseas.
1: <laughs> Venezuela had the best words for stuff like that. Butthole rain. That's fantastic. Uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. They, <laughs> we'll have to talk sometime about some of the names people had, too, when we were there. That's a whole nother bag of chips, man. Venez, like, I can hear a baseball player. I can tell you what country they're from just by their name. And 12 times out of 10, I can pick out the Venezuelan names because they're the best. They're just so unique and funny that way. Uh, let's see. Let's move along. Um, let's skip over the ocean. And let's. Uh, <laughs> do you want to tell a story from your time in the Middle East or Asia or uh, um, Africa? What do you got for us next? Uh, do you want to pick st- the next one?
0: I'm still laughing. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to turn it back to you, Matt, because I know while I think about mine, you've got one from the Middle East, which makes me cry again.
1: This is a current time one and people that maybe if people have only lived in the Middle East, they might get this one. But let's let's talk about this. So. The hot topic where we're from in the U.S. now is now that people are starting to get vaccinations and stuff like that, you know, our return toward our new normal or whatever that is, is moving along. So it's cool to see everybody posting their pictures of them getting their shots and things like that. We were lucky enough to have that opportunity almost two, three months ago, a couple months ago. We'll just call it two months ago. We had a chance to volunteer. There was a government center that was set up to start vaccinating people with the Pfizer vaccine. And our school division was asked if they had any teachers that wanted to volunteer. And I was like, well, someday I'd love to travel again. So I'm in this gets me on a plane home this summer to see my friends and family. I'll do whatever, you know, whatever I need to do. I had to go to this government run or government set up site. It was great, really well organized. I could not believe how nice the facility was. They had huge spaced out waiting areas. This was at like a civic center. So you're looking at something that's, that could probably host, if it, you put a sporting event in there, probably 15,000 we'll 15, people. It was huge. None of us really knew it even existed. And I went down there and you bring your government ID and they have it all roped off and you just follow along the lines and you go to the check-in counter, you show them your government ID, they type your number in, they give you a receipt that sends you to a particular waiting area. So they even had the waiting areas spaced out too. I was like, man, this is impressive. And you go sit down, they got bottles of water, juice everywhere. I was like, this is kind of nice. I wish I would have brought some schoolwork to do or something while I was working. And it was my turn, got, went in, got my shot, uh, not a big deal. And then they had a waiting area where you had to go sit for 15 minutes to make sure. I don't know why nobody really explained it to me. It was in all of it was in Arabic. You sit and wait 15 minutes. And if you feel good, they let you leave. So I never knew anybody yet that was like, no, I feel horrible. We'll go sit back down. So you have to get two shots, obviously. And so I was scheduled, I think, 19 days later to go back. And it turned out there was a shortage. There was a shortage with the supplier, not with what was going on here with the vaccination drive and all that. So anyway, it was uh, postponed. I received a note maybe two weeks after that that stated, hey, we got more vaccines. Come on down. Or sorry, not come on down. Um, Go on to you have to go on to these national websites. Um, and register and then once you're registered you can go to these places you can uh, go get your shot well this website or the app would not work it would not work and there were i don't know i had read some random story about the efficacy of vaccines after you wait a certain amount of time you know whether it's four months six months if you go too long in between your shots i've been told i don't know if it's true or not that they may be good or bad, whatever. I just don't like getting poked in the arm more times than I need to. And so one night I didn't have anything going on and the boys were in bed early. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to drive down there. I'm going to just show up. I'm going to bring my government ID and then we'll see what happens. I figured if they had me in the system once, they'd still have me in the system. Wouldn't you think? Absolutely. Okay. So let's go with this. For those people who haven't seen super bad, the movie, super bad, there's a scene in there where the, the beloved character McLovin, is showing these guys his fake ID that he got. So there's this character named McLovin and he gets a Hawaii ID that says he's an Oregon donor and his name is McLovin. And they're like, what were you thinking? Why would you get the name McLovin? And he goes, I figured he was either that or Muhammad. And they're like, why would you get the name Muhammad on there? And he's like, "Oh." (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh as as okay this is why we need to put this on video greg got up for a minute like, where are you going i'm in the middle of the story sits down with the mclovin driver's license t-shirt on oh my god you just happen to have that laying there are you are you serious i'm not joking i just had it sitting oh here i wore it yesterday god. to school believe it or not okay. that's impressive. <laughs> you wore that to work
0: great timing got.
1: okay huh? <laughs> okay. Well, okay that was totally unplanned right there uh so anyway and he's like, hey, Muhammad's is the most commonly used name on the face of the earth. Read a book. Uh, anyway, that's one of my favorite scenes. So I've, I got to the front of the line and I was like, "I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to name drop. And when you live in the Middle East and you want to name drop, there's only one name you need to drop. That's right. So I walked up and gave him my government ID and they looked at it and they're like, you don't have an appointment. I was like, no, no, it's good. I, uh, I called Muhammad, talked to him on the phone. He just told me to come on down here. And they looked at me and they're like, you called Muhammad?" I was like, yeah, I called Muhammad. And They said, OK. They took my ID, walked it over to the system, put my numbers in. And then uh, three minutes later, they showed up with my receipt that has me registered to get my second vaccination. Did that actually
0: work, Matt? I think that's it a works. fantastic story. I love that. The reason I ask you that is because when I was in Honduras, Somebody told me that when I land in the airport, if you have trouble in customs, you just say, no, Juan, Juan, I'll be right there, Juan. Just a second. I'll be right there. You know, something like that or Roberto or, you know, any kind of a a normal name because we usually say John or Bill or something like that. Like, you know, somebody at the customs and they they just wave you through. I haven't tried it yet.
1: Greg, I'm going to file that story under official things that I've learned from watching the movie Fletch. Okay. I'm I'm going to officially use that. If you haven't seen Ch- Fletch, it's the it's a classic Chevy Chase movie and uh, that he's a name dropper in the movie. And whether it's with the Underhills
0: Doctor Rosen or Rosen.
1: Uh, whatever else, I was just like, yeah, let's name drop and see if this works. So it did. I got my second vaccination and we were all good. So when in doubt people and you're overseas, you can name drop. That's one of the legitimate I think benefits of living overseas because nobody's really gonna call you on it. Just act like, yeah, I call Muhammad. Totally. But you don't believe me? Call him yourself. And then they go, which one? You just say yeah. And that's all you really gotta say. So <laughs> I was I just I'm sorry, I just love that story. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have many great moments, but that was one of them.
0: (laughs) One of my great moments, I think, was, um, I think I mentioned safari before to you. It's something I just can't get out of my mind. And this goes along with language. It's sort of funny. I went on safari in 2005, and I went to Tanzania, and then we went down into Kenya and we're in this small little jeep. There's four of us. Then there's the the driver and our our chef, and they call him chief. And I I didn't know why they call him chief. It was like tribal. He must be this tribal guy, but it they just couldn't say chef, so they call him the chief. And when you drive on safari, you drive all day long in these jeeps, and you're going around looking for animals. The guys that drive spend about two or three thousand dollars and go to college for tourism to be part of safari part of what they learn is they learn every plant name they learn all of the animals it's like going on wild kingdom you know with merlin perkins you can ask them anything and they have this encyclopedic knowledge of all the animals and of course you know just to to mix things up a little bit matt you know i love language so and we only spoke english with these guys but they speak swahili and we spoke english there was some french too right and as we went along, I, I was like, how do you say giraffe? And he's like, oh, Twiga, Twiga. Twiga. Yes, Twiga. We learned and we saw some lions. And I said, how do you say lion? He said Simba. And I said, what? You mean just like the Lion King? He's like, ah, oh, yes, like the Lion King. And I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be fun. So we're learning all right. these different words. And we come across you know, the different words, almost all of them in Lion King are named i mean simba was the word for lion i don't remember what meerkat was or you know what that name was in the movie either we're going along all these different words i'm learning them and repeating them over the next five days or so i pointed at this warthog and i'm like boomba boomba and and both of them are looking around you know both the guys in the front of the jeep are looking around they're like and they both they, they both look back at me like what are you saying? What What are you talking about? We don't know this word. <laughs> and I'm pointing at a warthog. <laughs> They're like, no, no, Greg, that's that's not the name for warthog. Where, where did you learn this word? <laughs> and I thought I was so smart, you know, just stopped them dead in their tracks. They're like, no, Greg, that's nigiri. Thanks, Disney. We did go and see one of the greatest animals I saw was the hippo. Because they're underwater, and I'll tell you, I have to go off on a tangent here. Hippos go underwater all day long, and they sit there and they crap and sleep and snore and everything underwater. They come up like every 35 minutes or something, and we're learning all this encyclopedic knowledge right there as we're looking at the water. And I'm on the edge of the water. I don't know if there's a crocodile behind me or whatever. I'm doing a little Greg reporting live video for YouTube back in the day, and I asked the guy, how do you say say hippo? And he said, kiboko. And I was like, oh, that's cool, kiboko. And I sort of filed that away in my memory. We kept on learning words for things. And he said, did you know, and Matt, do you know the number one predator of hippos? I mean, hippos are massive animals. Do you know what their number one predator is? Hyenas. And wrong. Thank you for playing. We'll see you on the next episode, Matt. No, it was lions. The lion prides go hunting hippos because the hippos come onto the land at night and they feed on all those tall grasses. The lion pride will surround them and attack them when they're on land. I mean, I can't even picture, you know, a hippo being attacked by a pride of lions. It's sort of weird, but. Yeah, no kidding. The safari that I went on was with Juma and Trina that I met in Cairo. Trina was a, a third grade teacher with me, and I think they live in Arusha now. John is from Arusha. And ja, Juma, Juma, excuse me, Juma Arusha? is is from Arusha, which is the capital of Tanzania, which we call ta- oh, okay. Tanzania. And Tanzania, yeah, yeah, I had gone on safari with them. And since you asked, Matt, I, how does this connect to my story about language? Well, their safari is called Kiboko Safaris. And if you ever have a chance to go on safari with your family, especially with other international teachers, you guys have got to look up Kiboko Safaris, K-I-B-O-K-O. More like it sounds, better than that other word that you were trying to explain to me, Hayaka or something. But yeah. uh, Kiboko Safaris is online. You can go there and you can sign up, but I would recommend it'll change your life. And I mentioned that before. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You've-
0: Let me tell you one more story.
1: Yeah, let's do that, and then we can, uh, we'll can we put a wrap on this one. Why don't you finish it off with the big walk-off here? Well,
0: I got it's a language story, and it's connected to Kiboko Safaris. It's like, how did I even know about Safaris?
1: I hope this place is still open. There's going to be a lot of people on Google tonight trying to, what's he talking about,
0: man? This place closed in 2009. No, they're probably not doing very well during
1: COVID, but I
0: would love to have more people go to Kiboko. I tell you what, here's the story of how I even found out about it. I'm at this party in Cairo when I was teaching at the American School of Egypt, and I went over to Trina's house one night, and all the teachers were there, and we're having a blast. I mean, a great time. You know how you sort of congregate in small groups? Well, there's a small group that was sitting in the kitchen, so I went in there wandering in for another beverage, and there's all these people sitting around talking, and there's this, this guy talking about lions. And I sort of, you know, go in there while I'm pouring my beverage and I'm listening to his story. And he said, yes. And I I hear the the sound of a lion and he's grunting. You know, he's not roaring. He's grunting. I decided to open my big fat mouth and say, ha, ha. I've seen lions. They don't grunt. They roar. (laughs) And this guy, this guy's like, who is this? He says, no. He says, no, man. I am from Arusha. I am from Arusha, I know, I grew up with animals, I grew up with lions. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Totally, you know, insert foot in mouth, right? Sure. It turned out to be Trina's boyfriend at the time, and fiancé, and his name is Juma. He grew up in Arusha, that capital of of Tanzania, and he owns Safari. And I... I immediately was jumped on this chance. He's like, we're going for Easter time. Why don't you come with us? And this is October. I said, of course I'll go with you on safari. Who's going? There's like 30 people going from our school. So I went along. I got to meet Juma's mom. I got to meet his family down there. We had a great time. I tell you, if you've ever felt white before, go to Nairobi. You are the only white people like within 300 miles. And everybody is dark as night. They're beautiful people, man.
1: Sure, oh. sure. You had to fly into Nairobi?
0: We flew into Nairobi, and then we drove to Arusha and went off on safari from Arusha based on there. How long was the drive from Nairobi to Arusha? We were in the bus for about four hours. They picked us up from the airport. But uh, yeah. it was such an exciting And then we spent six days out on safari. Yeah, language experience, animal experience, all linked together with my stupidity at a party. It all links together, and I need to go back on safari with you. So you let's take your kids out. Let's go with your family. No, <laughs> no.
1: no, no, no. Think just the fact that when you have four boys and just the, your vacation is going to consist of keeping four boys in the car. I just, uh, I don't know. Everybody tells me we have to go on safari, but that just sounds like way more work than I want to do. I think one of the twins would be riding a zebra. Yeah, the tw- oh, Yeah, don't touch the wild, don't touch the wildlife, guys. Stay in the car. Yeah, yeah, let's get them a little older first so that at least the animal might think twice before eating up. I'm not worried about
0: the I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about the animals, not your kids.
1: <laughs> That's true. When a baboon can't physically carry off my youngest, then we'll we'll consider it. So, there we go.
0: All right, Matt, we've had some fun stories here. Can we wrap it up? I think we talked about language fun, we talked gringo stories. We said some bad sure. words, right? We apologize for the bad words, but they're part of our life overseas is these experiences out and on the rim of, of experience, right?
1: Sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too, and the faux pas, the cultural faux pas with bad words, I tell you what, it, I think that must be a North American-American thing because I have yet to be around a lot of other people. Like in Venny, in obviously, the three primary used words that are most used are three very vulgar swear words, but they're used with endearment and they're not considered swear words. Well, that'll be a whole nother thing to talk about. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's culturally what it is. There's other cultures that, that might be deemed more vulgar, but that's just how you talk. I mean, it's, it's expressive language and there's nothing wrong with that either. That's the be- That's the best part of it, which I like. Because people have often said, I tend to have a salty mouth.
0: I never say that about you, Matt. I don't think you have a you salty mouth.
1: Colorful, expressive language. Just because I, all I, I the pirates
0: like are running out of the bar when you're sitting there next, to, you know, talking.
1: Are yeah, are all right. Well, anyway, uh, for those of you who want to reach out and say hi, or if you got something you want to say, or if you even got something you want to talk about on here, uh, you can hit us up at International Teacher Podcast at gmail.com we're also on Instagram we need to I need to do a better job of utilizing hashtags I've realized so I'll get better at that this week and we can be at found at ITP expats again on Instagram at ITP expats Greg we're now on Twitter too. What's our Twitter handle?
0: I have no idea <laughs> I think it's oh. the same thing it's like international oh, teacher cute. podcast probably
1: okay so yeah like greg said we are international teacher podcast on twitter as well that's going to be our handle so we'll figure out what purpose twitter can serve for us please don't ask us to go on tiktok though Uh, we have no dances greg it was fantastic chatting with you and this puts episode five in the books this is expat matt family guy signing off and greg i'm greg the single guy